folks and welcome back to the 1001 Arabian Nights where we are your source for Arabian history. I'm your host Obana Rekabi and I'm your host Houston Rifai. You know and today we're going to talk about a, a really interesting subject. It's a subject about mysticism. Old ancient civilizations that don't exist no more. You know things talked about in Arabic folklore. It's civilizations that have captured the minds of Arabic culture and Islamic culture for like thousands and thousands of years. Uh, today, what we're going to be talking about, for those who aren't familiar, is uh, the stories of Ad and Thamud, oh. two Arab civilizations. Some 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 call them legends. Uh, maybe they didn't exist. So lo these... lost civilizations we're yeah, dealing with here. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Something out of an Indiana Jones movie, really. Ah, okay. So something that's more myth and legend than history. Exactly. Because because okay. you know nobody nobody knows exactly what Ad and Thamud is. Were they tribes? Were they cities? Did they even exist? Um, you know, no nobody has any clue. So it's it's sort of like the the way that we kind of conceptualize of like places like Troy or Atlantis in like uh, like Greek mythology, you know, like these sort of like semi legend places, right? Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is just the Arab version of these uh, these legends, right? Not the Arab version, but the Arabs' own stories of of mysticism and and legends and ancient civilizations lost forever in the dunes of Arabia, yeah. I, it's so interesting to me because like every civilization kind of has these kinds of stories, you know? Yeah. Because like um, take uh, like the Inca. People know about the Inca up in the mountains, right? There's this place called Lake Titicaca. Yeah, yeah. Have your laughs. But <laughs> people have heard. Yeah. But right next to it is a place called Tiwanaku, I think. I might be misremembering it. But anyways, there's an ancient, ancient city there that by the time the Inca came across it, or like as traders. Yeah was already in ruins and the, the 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 way that they built their city there was everything was monumental rocks that looked like they were built and like grew out of the ground like when you see inca architecture yeah, yeah. it's actually copying that earlier form because their direct predecessor is actually built with like basically brick stone so they're, they're they're literally copying the ancient civilization of their time, and they think of themselves as the descendants of the first men of this city of a, of a more mystical era. It's it's also like with um, if I remember this correctly, one of the Spanish explorers was talking about this city that was kind of behind waterfalls. <laughs> Wait, are we talking El Dorado? Yes, yes, oh, okay, yes, okay. yes, yes. Oh no, you're thinking the movie, I've, man. You're no, 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 but it, 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 there is some truth to that. Not that the city exists, but like the story of, of... There's truth to it. You want to actually know what it was? So like there's this one legend. Uh, it's not a legend. There's like this historical thing where there's a tribe or a kingdom in like southern Colombia, just north of where the Inca like conquered. Yeah. And what they do is they would like, they would uh, have a guy dressed in all gold and then they'd toss gold into this lake. And like each year they, or each couple of years they would do this ritual or each time they had a new king. I can't remember exactly, but essentially they kept dumping gold in this lake as part of their, you know, rituals, you know? Yeah. And 
what you're really dealing with here is like one instance of that and the legend going crazy. So they think there has to be so much gold out there. Just so much gold. But in reality, it was just that one place. And even until the modern day, they were trying to drain that lake, just trying to, to get find, to the gold. <laughs> just to find the gold. Exactly. But like, but yeah, but like this is this is it, right? It's like just like you said, every single a lot of civilizations kind of have their own stories of like uh, these ancient towns or these ancient cities of a more and, and a more mystical era. So the Arabs also have their own. The the most famous one is Ad, right? Or the city of Iran. So just to get get, get to the subject, because I mean this is what we are going to be talking about. Okay. We're going to be talking about Ad and Thamud. So we're going to welcome to you guys to a time before time, origins of people once sublime, mystical and legendary is all that is known. They left no traces to be shown. Giants ruling the earth, they took themselves for gods, a trait common among the ancients, not seen as odd. They set up high pillars and majestic abodes to the four corners of the world connected their roads. But they spread corruption in the land, thinking they are mighty. However, all was lost in great calamity. Forgotten is their names in stories of peril. Nothing is left, not even sites of burial. <laughs> I always like your little poems at the beginning. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. They're a staple to this podcast. They're a new staple to the <laughs> podcast, as with everything. So yeah, so I mean, if you, if you kind of understood from uh, from the poem, we're talking about an ancient civilization that no longer exists. How did they disappear? Well, there's various various theories as to how, right? Okay. Um, most likely, a supernatural calamity befell on them, and um, this is mostly cited in the Quran, right? But- what what do they what what do people talk about when they talk about Ad and uh, Thamud? And Thamud? What, what is it that they like think of when they when they see it in their mind's eye? According to Islamic traditions, um, very, Ad and Thamud, especially Ad, they were a people of giants. Apparently, they were the, the city might have been built by jinns. Right by there's jinn. this there's a story that says that they they were either built by jinns and its inhabitants had one uh, you know they had one leg one arm, right and they were just cultivating the lands, and there's another story that that, that says that Ad and Thamud had supernatural origins coming from the sky that there's a group of aliens that <laughs> came in, uh, aliens or supernatural beings, who descended on the on the land in Saudi Arabia. And they built the the city of Aram. Aram is the city. Ad is supposed to be the tribe that built the city, right? Oh, okay. We call it the people of Ad in tradition. So this is one of these traditions, right? Some believe that this is why the Quran refers to them as the city of pillars, because apparently these people were giants. Others say others say no, that pillars they refer to as the city of pillars because there were actually pillars there. Oh. Right, so there's kind of like this this mythology around them. Like these guys were giants. They were um, super strong. They were able to 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 lift stones and build things out of out of like super super heavy heavy objects and rocks. And uh, they were extremely rich, with palaces made of gold and and just jewelry everywhere. Think so of like, like kind of like Midas and like exactly okay, yeah okay, but like. If like 
the Midas, Midas was a giant, kind of. For sure, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, by the way, what's the word uh, giant in Arabic? Amlak. Amlak. Amlak, yeah. Okay. Yeah, giants. So the city of giants. The city of giants. Medina al Amalik. Right. Okay. But uh, yeah, but it's 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 referred to as that. But it's not referred to as a city of giants. But it's to, it's referred to as the city of pillars. Oh. Okay. Okay. And honestly, this has baffled ar- archaeologists. Trying to figure out what. Trying to size. figure out what is it, what it is. Does this city even exist? Um, is this even true? If they do exist, where would they be? And so this is kind of what we're trying to figure out in this episode. Trying to give you guys a little bit about what. Uh, what the issue is around these, uh, these around Ad, and also Thamud, who are another people who came much, much later. Mm. So, you know, some call it Iram, others call the city Ubar or Wabar. It's believed to be in the empty quarter. So, for those who don't know, the empty quarter is this desert that's located in southern Saudi Arabia, northern Yemen, northern Oman, and it's touch and it touches the UAE. So it's like the border area of all of them. Exactly, yeah. But it's mostly, mostly, it's most of its presence is in uh, Saudi Arabia, and the reason why they call it the the empty quarter or al rub al khali in Arabic, it's because it's empty. There's basically no nothing there. It's just sands. It receives less water, less rainfall than than the Sahara Desert. You know, it's like the second driest place on Earth, and so. Or, or either the second or the third, but you know less less water than the the Sahara Desert, and uh, yeah, like there's just nothing going on there. That's why they call it the empty quarter. However, it's evidence roughly the size of Turkey. About yeah, <laughs> about it's 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 a really really big piece of land, but you know nothing there. However, evidence does show that this place used to be highly fertile, but around one thousand to five hundred and fifty BCE. It began to dry up. This is because of uh, th- this is due to man-made activities, man-made desertification, because of a heavy agriculture that was just you know overusing the land, and um, you know just just uh, it really was because of that, right? right. It's 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 a man-made uh, desertification. Also, there's like there's like mountains around the rim of the of the desert, like in Yemen and Oman, yeah, which used to be uh, have a lot more rainfall. So now there's like little pockets there. That are still like, still fertile, but on the other side of the mountains, like on the coast side, you know. Yeah. And then on the inland side, it's possible that back in the day there used to be like rivers that would go out into that area that you could actually cultivate. Yeah, but you know what also happened was that because of agriculture, it, it, it would just strip away the vegetation that's that's on the land. Right. And then you just have sand. Sorry, just winds blowing in sand constantly into the area, just, area, just burying everything. And so this is how you have... And, and that's roughly the same process that caused like the Dust Bowl in the U.S. in the 30s. Is like They kept overusing this very thin soil yeah. and it got blown away. Exactly, yeah. This is, this is kind of the same, a similar idea yeah. as, uh, as why this place is a desert now. Actually, uh, the empty quarter, uh, I remember it because like, people, when they think of like, Arabia, they think of the dunes and stuff. Yeah. And for the most part, that's actually more the Sahara Desert. But the empty quarter is one of those places that is where like it's dune dunes. Desert. Yeah. Otherwise, it's mostly like rocky. You know. Exactly. Most most of Arabia, most of the uh, Arabian deserts, other than the Sahara, 
is exactly like you said. Like if you go to the to to the Syrian desert, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. It's like a flat plain with a couple mountains and stuff. And exactly, rock. you know, it's really rocky. If you go to to Anbar Anbar province in Iraq, or the Iraq uh, the deserts in Iraq, it's kind of the same thing. In Saudi Arabia, similar. Jordan, similar. I mean, it's impressive in its own way, but it's not as like picturesque in your yeah, mind's yeah. eye. Yeah, you know? Well, usually your picture of the desert is where the Tuaregs are in, in, uh, in, in, in North Africa. That's where you get your pictures of the desert with Morocco. the dunes. Exactly, they, Morocco. They shoot all the movies in Morocco. Exactly, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, and, um, you know, even though it was pretty much dried up, there were many oases and settlements that remained in the area, right? Mm. And one of them was Iram, built by, according to legends, by the tribe of Ad, the king uh, I believe his name is Shaddad ibn Ad, right? Or Shahad ibn Ad. Shahad ibn Ad. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's really spoken highly of. That place is really spoken highly of. It's it's uh, it's it's said that it's a land full of wealth. It was it, by uh, it was claimed by Herodotus, who was a geographer, mm. that it's a powerhouse for the region, right? Okay. And even the Assyrian kings acknowledged, you know, the saying that Arabia. Meaning that part of the uh, of the region was a very very wealthy place because if you guys have listened to to our third episode when we spoke about Yemen, Yemen is a highly fertile fertile place, right? And it sort of extended up into like so like Ad and uh, sorry Iram would be like yeah. the name of the city. So Iram would be somewhere in like east of Yemen, so like sort of Oman area. Exactly, exactly. But in the desert, the in- interior of Oman. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, and um, Iram was basically it was a it was a settlement for traders. Hmm. So the way the economy worked at the time was that Yemen and Oman, especially Yemen, mostly pr- produced perfumes, frankincense, and myrrh, hmm. right? And they would export that to um, to Rome, mm-hmm. okay, through these caravan routes, and Iram was one of those resting places, was one of the last resting places for, for, uh, tra- for merchants before they went on and go send, uh, before they went on to, to, to do trading in Rome, right? Right. And so, as you, as you can think, just as you can imagine, it had all these attractions for merchants. You know, you could kind of think it of as like a service stop on the highway. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Petra. A little bit, yeah, exactly, like Petra. Okay. Exactly, like it's 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 like imagine going in the highway, and then you have this little town that's built specifically, you know, for truck drivers, just to like uh, so you know relax. Let, let me let me list the stuff I would expect to see on any truck driver stop. <laughs> Something to drink. Yeah. Somewhere to pray, interestingly enough. Yeah. And adult entertainment. Exactly. <laughs> Hotels, hotels. Uh, that's totally what I meant with that last. I know, one. I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's exactly what it is, right? So you you can kind of see like it's this rich rich place, right? Yeah, you're bringing the money. And and um, yeah, basically rolling with money, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and so it's really spoken highly highly of in 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 ancient texts, right? It's talking about these pillars that that reach to the sky and just a place full of wealth mm. and amusement. And all that good stuff, right? And so it's a commercial outpost, you know, before they he- before heading to Rome. Mm-hmm. And you know, in uh, there's a there's a poet 
around the second half of the of the sixth century. His name is Ufnun uh, al Taghlibi. Okay. He said, if I had been of the race of Ad and Iram, brought up uh, brought up among them Luqman and Jadan, meaning he wished he was talking about had if I only, only if only I was of these guys. Oh, okay. Right. Interestingly enough, he said, if I had been of the race of Ad and Iram, this. I thought about this. I was like, why is he not? Why is he putting them? Why is Ad and Iram? Yeah, he's separating them. So either Ad and Iram are not the same thing, meaning Ad and Iram are two different tribes or two different cities, or like, you know, because nobody actually knows, right? So this is just this is just one of my thoughts when I was reading the, the, the quote. Well, it could be that like there's like a region called Iram and then there's like the city or like maybe the city the region is called Ad and the city is called Iram because like or maybe it's like that new people come in or he just misunderstands the stories like it's all of that could be possible like yeah uh, give you an example the um when you're when you say that uh, if you want to say that you're from Damascus most people don't say Damascus they say Shams yeah even though Damascus is a different word the city itself but if you want to say that you're from the area around Damascus, which most people would say they are, you say Shams. Yeah, Sham. Yeah, the Levant region. So yeah, maybe maybe you not was the whole Levant. That. When you're just talking about just, that just, area, just Al Sham. You, you would say Al Sham. Yeah. Like around Damascus, if you said Aleppo, you would have said Aleppo. True. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But it's 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 still not very clear. Like, was Ad a tribe or was Ad a city, and is Ad Iram? And did Ad uh, build Iram? It's 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 not obvious, right? Okay. You even find uh, traces of of uh, the story of Iram, the city, in the Thousand One Arabian Nights. Mm. Not this podcast, although it is in this podcast, but the original uh, Thousand One Arabian Nights. With an N, not a K. Yeah, with a, with an N, right? Night as in nighttime. So yeah, and and you know, in in that particular story, um, it, it talks about how it's it's built by jinns and it was going into ruins. However, there's just one man who survived it all because he believed in God, and you know, it's a whole mythology around that. Oh. So another interesting um, source that we can take is obviously uh, the Quran. Now the Quran mentions you know a number of a number uh, of peoples who came and who preached monotheism before the prophet and uh, these people also went on to preach to to these ancient civilizations and and these stories are known among the arabs that's why when the when the prophet muhammad was uh, preaching mm-hmm. you know they they the arabs will respond to him saying that this is nothing but tales of the ancients Right, because they already knew these stories, so they already knew about the stories of Moses, the stories of Ad, Thamud, Jesus. They already knew about that, right? So this wasn't so. The concept of Ad and Thamud wasn't foreign to the Arabs at the time of Muhammad. It's not that far from their memory. Okay, you know what I mean? Because they, they, since they know about it, that's interesting. I do remember that like different people have attested to it existing. For example, like explorers have said that they found it and stuff. But like it was part of the history for the longest time. Yeah. It was part of their uh, conception of what their past was. Yeah. So, was it seen as foreign to the Arabs? Ad and Thamud are seen as part of Arab culture. Okay. 
but they would have been uh, if we're talking about that period of time this is South Arabia so the yeah. South Arabian peoples is probably what we're referring exactly, to exactly yeah okay okay but it, yeah and uh, I mean the Arabs they kind of divide themselves into um, three categories they divide themselves into the Qahtani Arabs the Adnani Arabs and the extinct Arabs Ad and Thamud would fit into that category oh right interesting and that's like the eastern side of things. So, like, the area that we're like that has been sort of pinned down to be where these civilizations probably came from, based on these sources, yeah, is the area we were talking about—the empty quarter, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty recent in their memory, right? So they they would really refer to them as the Arab al Ba'idah, or the extinct Arabs, and and there's there's passages of the Quran that actually talks about Ad and Thamud, okay. And also, according to um, legends, right, the extinct Arabs, apparently there were eight tribes, right? Seven or eight tribes. Okay. And these extinct Arabs are considered to be the true Arabs. And this and this whole thing about true Arabs is really, like, it really gets confusing because then, then aren't the Qahtanis supposed to be the true Arabs? Then who, like, whatever. You I, know, think, like, I think people just like saying the ancients are, like, better than you. It, it, exactly, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, and uh, so apparently, you, you know, you got uh, the, the, some of them have been wiped out by, um, by natural disasters, right? Such as Abil and Jurhum. Jurhum being the tribe that took in Ishmael. Right? Okay, if you guys yeah, remember yeah, the yeah. first episode of the podcast. So these have been wiped out by natural uh, disasters. Some of them have been uh, wiped out by foreign powers. So the the Am- the Amalek tribes, and some of them have been wiped out by divine intervention, Ad and Thamud. So this is what the Quran says about Ad. Ah. So in the name of God, the Merciful, the Arranging. Uh, to the tribe of Ad, we send their compatriot Hud. Hud. He said, Serve Allah, my people, for you have no God but Him. Will you not be warned? The unbelievers of the elders of his tribe said, We can see you are a foolish man, and what is more, we think you are lying. I am not foolish, my people, he replied. I am sent forth by the Lord of creation to make known to you His will and give you an honest counsel. They said, would you have us serve Allah only and renounce the gods which our forefathers worshipped? Bring down the scourge with which you threaten us with if you, if you say be true, if what you say be true. We delivered Hud, uh, Hud and all who were with him through our mercy and annihilated those who, that disbelieved our revelations by a howling violent gale which we let loose on them for seven nights and eight long days. You might have seen them lying dead as though they had been hollow trunks of palm trees. Ooh. So these are various passages of the, of the Quran that talk about Ad. They were sent, uh, there was a prophet that was sent to them, the prophet Hud, preached to them. They were arrogant, they didn't believe, and so they were destroyed. It's kind of similar to the story in the Bible of Sodom and Gomorrah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It's it's the same theme. It's it's basically you know it's arrogance. Arrogance will if 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 you are too arrogant, and too corrupt in the land, this is your fate. Mm. You know, mm. it's 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 really it's really what it, what it is, right? Okay. So, 
you know, we got. We, this is what the Quran has to say. What does archaeology have to say? What does actual physical evidence have to say about about Iram, right? So there's a there's a Moroccan explorer. His name is Ibn Battuta. Yes, we're gonna get to him eventually. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do an episode on him. Maybe more than one. Anyways, he, he, <laughs> he describes he describes Ad as being near uh, Mansura, uh, Oman, or other words Salala. Salala. Which is uh, which is honestly a really really beautiful oasis in Oman. It's one of like my top like destinations to want to go. One hundred percent. It's really like a place. Honestly, like, if if you guys ever have the chance to visit Oman, one hundred percent recommended. It. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. You want to hear something amazing about that place? It's sort of part of a biosphere, a unique biosphere. So like, there's different areas of the world that we call biospheres based on their plant life and fauna, where we, there's like similar, like w like types of animals in yeah. an area. It's its own biosphere because of how isolated that little corner of the world has been for like the plant life, and it's like the last little bit. So Salala is like on the coast. So the Arabian Peninsula kind of like has a bow shaped uh, when it meets the Arabian Sea. Yeah. And both Yemen and Oman are like the two parts of it. The eastern part is Oman, and it's like the very closest to the Yemen border is where Salala is. Yeah. And it's a valley with like mountains surrounding it and then the sea. So it's like this, uh, so all of the rainfall that comes off the sea goes up into the mountains and then falls back down to create like this fertile little pocket around the town, which is Salala. And it's like this beautiful, like almost. Uh, tropical type land. It is. It, it works the same way that India works, but it's surrounded by nothing but desert around it. it it's really. It's. Uh, it's. It's like something out of a movie, honestly. Like I've seen pictures of it, and it looks a lot like. Uh, looks a lot like Mexico. Tropical. Like, yeah, tr very really tropical. There's this place in, in in Mexico. I forgot what it's called. Um, uh, it starts with the letter. Uh, I think it starts with the letter T, but I forgot actually. But anyways, um, not you know, Tijuana. Uh, no, not Tijuana, but like, Tijuana. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Anyways, yeah. So it, it it really is beautiful, right? So I mean, you guys should really go go uh, visit visit Oman if you have if you have the chance. Oman is like uh, one of the top countries because, like, uh, unlike a lot of its neighbors, it doesn't have a lot of the baggage or the poverty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's not involved in any politics whatsoever. Like, you know. Well, you can't really say that, but they're pretty neutral. They're the Switzerland. Exactly, they're yeah. the Switzerland of the Arab world. They're very neutral. Exactly, yeah. Like they're not they're not really involved in uh, in any funny business. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you have Ibn Battuta who kinda described as Ad being next to Mansura, Oman. You have also another another gentleman. His name is Harry Saint John Philby, mm. nineteen seventeen. He is a friend of uh, T. Lawrence. Arabia. Yeah, they served together in uh, Mesopotamia. Well, exactly. Yeah. So he he wanted to go explore the desert. He found a tower, who by local Bedouins is called the Palace of Ad. However, he wasn't too sure about this because, um, according to him, it seems that the tower was pretty recent, right? It's it's recently built, like probably a couple hundred years. Exactly. Yeah. So it couldn't be that. And his his guide told him that Ad is around the Hadramaut area in, 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 Yemen. in, in Yemen, around around that place. It's like further south from where they were. So, you know, he kind of left it out there. 
Then there's another gentleman, and his name is uh, Bertram Sidney Thomas. And so British, I swear. Anyways, in the 1930s, right? <laughs> he tried to cross the empty the, the empty corridor, but uh, he was told he was told actually that there was a secret passage in the desert that would take him to Ad, and he actually found that secret passage, but he didn't follow through because I believe he died in a car accident or something. So that just never happened. Well. Damn. You know, but he, uh, but he, he did, he did try to cross the empty quarter, which is actually brave of him, man. Because conditions over there are just unbearable. If there's you're not, no wells, exactly. Yeah, if you're not a Bedouin who knows the area, <laughs> you're done for. I don't even think the Bedouin really cross it. My guess is that there's probably like little sent- settlements here and there, but I don't think anybody actually crosses it because there's nothing there like, anyways you can live on the edge of this exactly area, yeah you can't yeah live in the middle no 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 for sure no and then there was another man his name is nicholas clapp this guy this guy this guy was probably uh revolutionary a bit in this in this narrative reason why he was very very obsessed about about iram he decided to contact a branch of NASA that was that was uh, around the area mm-hmm. in order to use like their their satellite pictures to find ruins from up above, which okay? is now common practice. Yeah, but he at that time in 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 1981 it wasn't really. Okay. Yeah, so using that technology, he didn't find any ruins, but interestingly enough, what he did find were caravan trails, okay, mm. from ancient times. So what he did is that him and a group of uh, experts mapped out these uh, these caravan trails, and they all seemed to converge at a certain point, right? Nice. And so they went there, and they found ruins. <laughs> but they were too recent. Ah, damn. How <laughs> re- wait, wait, what era are we talking about? The ruins? Yeah. Probably like around the 1200s. 1200? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Like they, they, were, they were too recent. They just couldn't be that. Right? So they re- so in, in 1991, they redug once again. And they redug for like a really, really long time. But this time, they found settlements. Oh, large went, settlements. They went deeper. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they began digging oh, again, you know? Oh, that's, that's the thing. Okay. What they found was walls. Okay. Walls that were forming like a kind of like an octagon shape, you know, something like that. And they found eight towers, some of them being 30 feet tall. Okay, and in, in these towers, they found like nice rooms, and they also found anchor points where, where you can install tents. So they deduced that okay, these anchor points are used to install these tents where the marketplace would happen, and these, oh. these towers are believed to be around 1000 BC. So they're really, really old, which, which is about the time when Yemen was this thriving, thriving, um, well, I won't say metro- metropolitan, but like it was a... It's thriving kingdom. Exactly. Thriving. There was this, this thriving kingdom that was, that was doing trades with Rome. And this is where the pillars come from, the eight pillars. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So like the idea, I guess like, especially if a city is really like, uh, geometrically shaped, it kind of like leaves an impression on you. How uh, do you have any information on how big the city was? No, not really. No, it probably wasn't that big, but like it, it was,
It is, yeah. And even when you're there, like if, if it's like full built, and you see this like octagon shaped like kind of t- like it's calling it a city is a bit of an exaggeration. Probably it was probably more of like a town, but a big town in a place without anything. And then you see like this uh, like the eight towers, the like this perfectly symmetrically built city. Like you're walking along it, the caravan routes. You're seeing like this thing emerge out of nowhere. Like, what's the landscape around it like? It's it's just it's just purely desert, right? So like, you're, it's like an flat. oasis town. So it's like it's just like an oasis town yeah. right next to like a well, and out of nowhere, the city pops out. Exactly. I mean, the Quran describes uh, the city of Ad or the people, the the place where Ad is, as uh, as containing pillars that have never been before in the land. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, there's just never been pillars like this in the land before. And so it really gives you a picture of what Iram or Ad actually really was, right? And so here's here's an interesting thing. They also found like ancient Greek and Roman pottery that was four thousand years old. So even older than these towers. Four thousand? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Damn. Which which uh, which maybe there's a. I don't think conflict. It would have been Greek. Uh, yeah. it would have been, Greek. It would have been uh, yeah Greek. Yeah. The previous civilization probably. Exactly. The, yeah. So Mycenaean era. Because okay, okay. because because uh, for you're right because four thousand years ago Rome wasn't even a thing, but you know um, what's interesting about that is there's like okay so like civilization in the whole region like well, as we mentioned in the previous episodes if it, if this part of the city was built a thousand years ago or sorry a thousand BC or BCE yeah that was the era post collapse. There probably was an even older settlement there. Probably, yes. During the time of the height of the Bronze Age. So these trade routes are even older than what we have evidence of now. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's just interesting that, you know, this place has been around for a really, really, really long time. And there's even evidence of a cataclysmic event. Like the underground structure of the city, you know, they uh, just collapsed. And just oh. overnight... <sighs> this is Petra. Dude, this is the same thing that happened to Petra, where those that underground stuff is their water storage system, and it just burst. And it burst because of probably an earthquake or something. Yeah, and well, the same this way is, that Petra did. This is the same thing, and the interesting thing is that the collapse happened around. It's believed that that, that collapse happened around two or th- you know in the second or third century CE. So just about three hundred or four hundred years before the Prophet Muhammad. That's pretty recent. Yeah, that's that, that, that's pretty recent because I've always had it in my mind that these guys existed oh, a super long time ago. But even if it's like two hundred years, you kind of get the idea. Like it becomes sort of an old thing for you. Yeah, for sure. And especially and, if you're not in formal history. Exactly, and it, it and it's also like uh, it also explains why it's so fresh in the era in in the in the Arab mind at that time, you know. Because, like, I mean, uh, the poet that we were talking about, Afnan al-Terlibi, when he was talking, if only I had been of the race of Ad and Iram. Interesting. For, for somebody like him to say this and being aware of this means that, okay, like, that memory is still pretty fresh. You know what I mean? You know what else it could be? What's interesting is that we were talking about how there's sort of like this migration of like Arab speaking Arabs yeah. south and t- sort of taking over the South Arabian peoples over time. Yeah. It's possible that the different names come from Iran might be the original name of the, of the people 
and Ad might have been the tribe that replaced them sometime in that history. That's possible. Actually, what you're saying is basically the the story for Thamud. Because uh-huh. you, you, as, as we're going to get to Thamud, you're going to notice that there's two Thamuds. And so which one are we talking about exactly? Oh, you okay, know? okay. But this is, this is basically the story of Ad. Now, these ruins, is it actually Ad? Is it actually Iram? No one knows exactly for for for, for certain, yeah. but it does give us a clue as to what was going on in the area, right? But it isn't like Atlantis, where like that was just straight up a parable to begin with. Yeah, you know, like uh, when people say, "Oh, the lost city of Atlantis," that's like in the modern mind, like a city that falls into the sea. That was like just like Plato giving an example of something, like uh, a parable. He he invented a parable. This is not a legend that's based off of anything. But this is something that is based off of something. Exactly, yeah. This is within Arabian memory, okay. right? So we just went over the story of Ad right now, right? Interestingly enough, Ad, okay, it's it's kind of a byword for antiquity for um, pre-Islamic Arab poets. Okay. You know, it's uh, they they always say like you know ever since the time of Ad, right? And um, Thamud, it's also like uh, Thamud is used for a different thing. It's 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 usually used to describe men of uh, that were outstanding in generosity and courage, and so whoever whoever's like that, they usually associate them with the companions of Thamud, right? Oh. And so this is kind of like a little bit just to know like what their uh, relevance is in Arab culture at that time. So so the memory of like. Ad is the people who were like the ancient sort exactly. of alien grandiose types and Thamud is like this this place of virtue more yes. virtuous than exactly else. yeah but it also alludes to the fact that Thamud because they're able to attribute these characteristics to Thamud Thamud probably wasn't that long ago okay and since they're able to attribute things like that right Ad it's like this time of antiquity so when it comes to Thamud, this is what we know about it, right? Thamud, it's, it's the name of a tribe or a tribal confederation in the northwest of Arabia. This is one of the things that we know. And Sargon II, who ruled around 700 BC, he boasts of uh, defeating Thamud along with other tribes. He calls them the distant desert-dwelling Arabs, mm. right? And apparently he resettled the survivors of that campaign into Samaria. Hmm. So in classical times, right, um, there's also uh, mentions of Thamud, right? So there's actually an inscription, to be honest, there's actually an inscription at a, at a temple in uh, Rawafa in northwest Arabia. It's commemorating uh, Marcus Aurelius, actually. And oh. it's written in, uh, in in bilingual in Greek Nabataean inscription. So this is a Na- like one of the Nabataean precursors to the Nabataeans. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So like one of the people they thought of as their ancestors. Yeah, yeah. Who had been like sort of taken to Sumeria as like prisoners at w- at one point. As- either either they are ancestors to the Nabataeans, or as we'll get much closer, they are the Nabataeans themselves the people of thamud just a just a different branch interesting because here's the thing right just to get back to what the inscription said it says for the well-being of the rules of the world marcus aurelius antonius 
and Lucius Aurelius Verus, who are the conquerors of the Armenians. This is the temple that was built by the tribal unit of Thamud, the leaders of their unit, so that it might be established by their hands and be their place of veneration forever, with the support of Antistius Adventus, the governor. Mm. This is about 160 AD. And this is after Nabataeans have been uh, taken over. Yeah. This is after Trajan, because Trajan was the one who took them over, and Trajan was like a generation or two before or Marcus Aurelius. So like there's Trajan, then there's Hadrian, who people know for the Hadrian Wall, and then there's Marcus Aurelius. So or this there's, there's actually another guy, but yeah. Anyways, so but, so you can kind of so this kind of gives you guys a little bit of the the time space that we're in when it comes to Thamud for Ad. It's it goes from a thousand BC maybe probably yeah. <laughs> maybe all the way to the second century. This we're around the the the, the seven hundred to the second century. No, nah, well. Here's the thing, because this is where it gets tricky. Okay. Is the Thamud from the 7th, uh, 7th century the same Thamud as the, 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 the ones that, that we're talking about here? Because it's probably not the same thing, and we're going to get to that. Okay, okay. Right? But Okay, so what does this inscription... Uh, I, I don't know if I misheard... Uh, the tribal unit of Thamud, right, okay. Yeah, the tribal... It, it, basically, this inscription is... One of the families. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a temple that was built for Marcus Aurelius... By Thamud, who who could who could have that been? Well, it probably could have been the Nabataeans, maybe. But we'll get to that. We'll try to see what this what what it, what it, what they have to say about that. But bear in mind, like the Nabataeans aren't exactly named like for like the culture. They're named for the ruling tribe, right? Yeah. So like the main thing is that this could have been one of the subgroups that owe allegiance to the Nabataeans and had settled in their kingdom at some point. It, it, it's, it's really po- it's possible. They, like you said, they could have been part of the Nabataean kingdom or, or near it. There's also, here, here's, another, here's another evidence that we, can, that, that, that we can share. In the 4th century AD, uh, it is said that two military units were drawn from Thamud. Uh, uh, to serve the, in, in the Byzantine army. There was one that was sent in uh, Palestine and the other one in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. So this is pretty recent, right? Fourth century AD, that's, that's pretty recent, right? Right. In the Quran, the Quran also gives us uh, a story or, or, let's, or, or account of, of who Thamud were. So the Quran talks about how uh, Thamud were destroyed by a shout or an earthquake or a thunderbolt because they have rejected uh, the Prophet Saleh. Hmm. So this is various uh, verses from the from the from the Quran. It goes like this: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And to Thamud we sent their compatriot Saleh. He said, "Serve Allah, my people, for you have no god but Him. A veritable proof has come to you from your Lord." Here is Allah's she-camel, a sign for you. Leave her graze at will in Allah's land, and do not molest her, lest you incur a woeful punishment. Remember that he has made you the hairs of Ad, and provided you with dwellings in this land. You have built mansions on its plains, and hewed houses in its mountains. Remember Allah's favor, and do not corrupt the earth with wickedness. The hot, the haughty elders of his people said to the believers whom they oppressed, "Do you really believe that Saleh is sent forth from the from his Lord?" They slaughtered the she camel, 
and defied the commandment of their Lord, saying to Salih, Bring down the scourge with which you threaten us with, if you are truly an apostle. Thereupon an earthquake felled, felled them, and when morning came, when they were prostrate in their dwellings, like the dry twigs of the sheep-folded builder. Ooh. Right? So it's another sort of smiting incident. Exactly. In this particular story, what was going on is that the uh, uh, God sent the prophet Saleh to preach them about their wicked ways. You know, that they, they were being arrogant, they were being corrupt, and that they had to abandon their wicked ways and, and believe in God, right? Serve Allah. And so they obviously, they were too arrogant for this. Right, because once again, this is this is something that's pretty that, that I notice is pretty common in in uh, Middle Eastern uh, religion. No, in, in, in these in, narratives, yeah, in the sense of like you have these god, not these gods, but you have these kings or rulers who take themselves as gods, and so this is kind of seen as like as an arrogance, like humble yourself. This is basically what 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 what, what they're trying to say here, right? It's like humble yourself, right? And the, the thing is, there's always like. As far as like Western historians remember things, there's always like this tension between the idea of what, what what is interesting is that the humbling king is in the same place uh, comes from the same region as the idea of the king as a god. Yeah. So like the king as a god is what the pharaoh was. The king as a god is sort of what the shah was for the longest time. Yeah. Like even into the seventies. The Shah of Iran was trying to present himself as a divine figure into the 1970s <laughs> because his ancestry was of, well, he, he wasn't actually, his legacy, the legacy of the throne of Iran yeah. is what imparts that authority, a sort of divine, almost divine authority by the grace of God, but, you know, divine nonetheless. And... Like, even as far back as Alexander the Great, there's a sort of tension between the idea as the king as the leader versus the king as God's chosen or God himself. That's the idea of, like, Caesar himself, for example, when he, the reason why he got stabbed wasn't because he became dictator. Dictator was actually a legal principle. It's that he saw himself as a king and even as a god. Yeah. And eventually his descendants would develop the idea of the god-king. And there was that one point where, like, f the first bit of the emperors, they were known as, like, the principates, the, the first citizens, is how they styled themselves. But when they died, they became divine. Like, they yeah. were a cult of the divine. And, and this is what these messages are, actually. You know, when, when, when God sent Hud or when God sent uh, Prophet Saleh, it's really just to remind these kings, humble yourself a little bit. Right. Because you're just a human being, right? So, getting back to Thamud... One thing, however, is that a lot of them do agree that Thamud are in Madain Saleh from oh. the Prophet Saleh. Now, Madain Saleh is in Saudi Arabia. One thing where, that is... Where in Saudi? It, it would be around the center, uh, around the north, the center oh, no, of the it's north. Near, uh, north. It's, it's near that uh, other town that the Nabataeans have. Yeah, the, the, the north, the north, uh, northwest, sorry. Right, north of, of Medina, but south yeah. of Jordan. Madain Saleh. Here's another interesting thing. If you guys actually look at Madain Saleh, they look a lot like Nabataean. Uh... But they are Nabataean. Well, that's the thing. 
And God, and and uh, when it comes to Thamud, it's described in the Quran that they built their houses in stones out of rock in the mountains, mm. like the Nabataeans as well. So this is why I believe that the Nabataeans, not sorry, not the Nabataeans, but Thamud could have been those people who are Nabataean related, e either a sub branch of the Nabataean tribe or just of people within the Nabataean kingdom. Okay. You know? Okay. And that the Thamud mentioned. In 700 BC, could have been a completely different set of people. So Madain Saleh is actually like, uh, and the neighboring town was called Al Ula. I yeah, Al Ula. Yeah. Those are the new towns that like Saudi because it's like opening up now. Yeah. They want that's like their their flagship like location that they're trying to get tourists to go visit is that exact spot. And and if you guys look at the pictures of Madain Saleh, you're gonna see like these. Beautiful, big, big, big uh, monument. Not monuments, but they're like buildings that they're, are built into rock. They're kind of like the Nabataeans. Exactly. And they're sarcophagi. Sarcophagi? Yeah, whatever. They're tombs. Yeah, sarcophagus. Right? Yeah. Sarcophagi? Oh, okay. I have no idea. Yeah. But anyways, so this is this is the stories of Ad and Thamud. This is who they were, Right. Just all in all, nobody has any clear, clear idea who they were. But these are pretty strong hypotheses mm. that 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 those settlements that they found in the, in the, in the empty quarter could have possibly been Iram and Madai and Saleh, the Nabataeans, those buildings, right. right, built from rocks. Most probably could have been Thamud because even then, Madai and Saleh are probably named after the Prophet Saleh. Mm. Right, so Thamud, four hundred BC. No, sorry, uh, um, AD. Right, mm -hmm. and uh, and Ad probably destroyed destroyed around two hundred AD. So more so, recent than the ancient, but it, it's also possible that they were they had already declined by that point because keep in mind the the Nabataean culture continued on long after, but the height of the culture in the first century was hundreds of years before they sort of dissipated. You know. Yeah. So like, that, there's like, we always think of like the height of a culture being like right before the collapse or something. But in reality, there's often like a height and then a decline. Like uh, Ottomans. When were the Ottomans most impressive? Mm, around f 1500 to 1600. Exactly, that was their yeah. century. Yeah, but they only they only uh, collapsed in the 1900. Exactly. Right, 1819. But by that point, like we actually have like footage. Yeah. Of their like final coronation in 1922. Of the final coronation of the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire. And this is like this ancient, like ancient ritual, you know? Yeah. But for, uh, for Ad and Thamud, it, it seems to me that the theory that I'm most comfortable with is whoever they were in the past, meaning in, in antiquity, is not who they are after that so thamud in the fourth century is not the same thamud in 700 bc just like ad in the second century probably not the same ad uh, in a thousand years before that or maybe they or were the same iran even yeah exactly or maybe they were uh, th this seems a lot more plausible mm. but then again especially with ad it's it's a lot harder to um actually uh, prove but since there's no records of Ad. When we're dealing with archaeology in the Middle East, it's also important to remember that, like, so there's uh, there's something called the Tal, you know? Yeah. 
So the Tal, for people who don't know, or the Tal, yeah. is these hills that come out, out of nowhere in all of Syria and Iraq and all of those places. There's these sort of hills that come out of nowhere. What they're not, they're not hills, really. They're trash piles of human waste that have been built up over time into literal structures. They're towns from ancient times. That's what a tell is. And you, when they bring stuff into the town, they sort of elevate it over time. So it becomes kind of a hill, which becomes like a defensive spot, and it makes it even a better place to settle. So that's why they keep growing. And Troy was a similar thing. And what you can do with Troy is there's layers to the settlement where at one point there's a break, maybe because they left, maybe because there was a uh, disaster of some sort, and they rebuild on top of it. And then there's like a break of different towns. And the same thing could be possible with Ad, or yeah. the city of Iran. The same sort of like process happens where you build off of like what came before. Yeah, I mean, if it, that's, that's exactly actually what happened. They found ruins too recent, came back 10 years later, dug some more, and found some really ancient ruins. But that's kind of archaeology 101. Like, even if you find something not that impressive in the first layer, you can still dig yeah. below. And uh, you know the funny thing about the Troy story? What? Uh, the, there was, like, this adventure. I should have had the name of the guy in front of me. But, like, this German adventurer who figured it out. He figured out where Troy was. But he didn't find what he wanted in the first layer. So he kept dynamiting his way down the layers to get to, like, the cool stuff. And he found some cool stuff, which wasn't the exact right time as Troy from the from the story, but it was, like, one of the more impressive times. Yeah, yeah. So he found jewelry and stuff, which he dug out and gave to his wife and had her, like, model for it. It was like, this is er this is the problem with early archaeology. They destroy, they destroy stuff before they, you know... Before, yeah, before they can find any, and then, and then it just uh, goes to rubble. The place in Knossos in Greece... Or in, in Crete specifically, I remember hearing. I'm not, I can't confirm this. That they had like, the, it looks weird. Partly because they they all the pillars had collapsed, and they decided that a pillar could only be like, go wide at the base and uh, and narrow at the top or something, or narrow yeah. at the top, wide at the base. So they had them upside down. They 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 put it back together, but upside down. What the hell? I know it's kind of like a Frankenstein system. Anyways. It is what it is, but like archaeology is not a science as we've seen with this, uh, or it's not a hard science or hasn't been a hard science for the longest time. So there's a lot of really like bad archaeology in our history. Yeah, but that, that's that that's that's a bummer actually because it really <laughs> it really it ruins it a little bit. It does, but you know what's actually cool? Uh, people think of the terracotta warriors, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going off on like a tangent here, but like the terracotta warriors aren't the impressive thing. Not that, that wasn't something that was written down very much in Chinese sources. What they did write about was what's right next door, which is the tomb of the first emperor of China. And they know it's there because that's, not, that's a man-made mountain right next to the terracotta warriors. And according to the sources, they had like rivers of mercury. Like they rebuilt his entire kingdom underneath the mountain and laid him in the middle in like a jade box. Yeah. And they, they, built, they created rivers of mercury to, to represent the rivers and the oceans there. And they scanned it, and there's actually, like, a ridiculous amount of mercury down there. And the Chinese government isn't willing to open it up until they have the means of preserving whatever's down there. Okay. Wow, that's pretty... Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So even when you go to the Terracotta Warriors, you'll be reminded that this is cool and stuff, but that is, is even... what we're, like, itching to open up. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is basically uh, the the stories of Ad and Thamud, okay. two two extinct Arab civilizations, hugely impactful, especially in, in poetry, and storytelling, right about this mystical time, this myth, this mythic age, people long gone. Right. Giants building towers in the middle of the desert. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh, of uh, cities of or of jinn origins, right? Coming from the heavens. And exactly. Stuff. And so and so yeah. This is uh, this is basically the the, the stories of Al and Thamud. Uh, we wish that you. We hope that you guys uh, li- like this episode. Follow us on uh, on Facebook, Twitter. We're gonna have our website open. I know this is the third time we say this, but hey, it's coming on. along. We we got some good artwork. We really just we, uh, we got we managed to commission a little bit of artwork, so we're, we're exactly we're excited so to show that off. It, it, it's it's gonna be up soon, and, and um, I'll, I'll mention it. Uh, we're basically ending our first season with this episode, and the next season is uh, gonna be a time period that we're gonna call uh, that is known as the Jahiliya times. The, yeah, the Jahiliya. So this is the ancient era, and now we're going to enter into the the pre-Islamic era as people know it. Exactly. So you can, you can say about the the three hundred years before Islam. Three or four hundred years. Something yes. like that. Yeah. Exactly. And it's uh, it's a good way to end it off, uh, like to talk about like the ancient Arabs, and to end it off, and to actually talk about what Arabs would call their their pre their history history exactly their pre-islamic history rather than the ancient legends and this is where all the the uh the arab culture comes from the, this is really like these are the parables exactly but really the time period that sets everything up for the next thousand years right in in uh in arab culture history and in middle eastern exactly broader and, middle eastern culture as well and we hope you as our audience are going to join us in that exploration i know this is taking uh this is uh going back really far and like we're going step by step but i think it's really interesting to start off with this stuff you know yeah to, to actually like a lay a base for when we talk about the stuff that people know more about exactly yeah and so hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode enjoy and- the music And uh, have yourself a good day. All right. Signing off. Mm